Welcome to Chats with Susan Burrell. And that's me. I help strong, capable women who have pockets of self-doubt access their inner wisdom and clarify their own truth. Chats with Susan Burrell is where we have rich conversations about empowerment, radiating your brilliance out into the world, and loving yourself more than you ever have before. And who doesn't want that? So let's get started. So welcome, and today I am having <laughs> I'm having a lovely opportunity to have a conversation with a woman that is not only beautiful on the outside, but is absolutely gorgeous on the inside. We've had some pre-conversation before the recording, and you know I'm just telling you all you you, you got you're going to get the vibration of our conversation here because it's just so juicy. So I want to welcome Anna Gatman who has written a book called, everybody listen to this, Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World, Four Keys to Fulfillment and Balance. So Anna, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have a dialogue with you about all of these really important and significant things. I, I am too. Yeah. But first, let me tell everybody a little bit more about you, sure. if, if you'll allow me. So Anna is a visionary education, educator, and spiritual innovator. And she comes from an eclectic background that spans the U.S., Israel, Sweden, and France. And a lot of that information is in her book, everybody. But the thing I want you guys to know is that her life has included so many different careers that I, I feel it informs her, her, her spiritual practice and her book. She was a uh, a model for a while, and she is a founder of an alternative elementary school, a counselor, speaker, and author. And she is the creator of what she calls the expansive community. And we're going to find out a little bit more about that. So, Anna, this book, Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World, to me, it caught my attention. Because so many people are looking to have a spiritual existence, you know, thinking that they really, you know, okay, I just have to say this. If you're living life, everybody, you're having a spiritual experience. If you're alive listening to this, you are actually are experiencing a spiritual life. But in your book, you begin to uh, bring a balance to what is spiritual living and then allowing the material reality to not create a dissonance, but a unity. So can you mm -hmm. speak more to that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I found in my spiritual journey that in, sp in spiritual teachings, there is a value of the spiritual over the material. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, we hear it in sentences that everybody knows, he, you know, the material world here today, gone tomorrow. Right. Right. Um, in order to be truly spiritual, you need to be, have no material desires, no, n n no, um, yeah, no desire, live a humble life with no material needs. And we all buy into that. And yet we have incarnated in order to have a material experience. Right. So it's absurd. It's the other way around. We need to experience our spirituality through the material world. It doesn't mean through materialism, through like 17 cars and 10 iPhones, but through the, our body is our material world as well. Right. right. 
And so we, it, it is about you, the unity of the material and the spiritual. We'd never say to a, a, about a rose, ah, here today, gone tomorrow. We'd say, wow, how beautiful, and the smell, and the scent, and who created this? But anything that we create as humans, there's so much self-hatred that if we created it from a spiritual perspective, here today, gone tomorrow, worthless. Instead of going, wow, somebody thought of this. It's somebody's imagination, uh, spirit, somebody's dedication, hard work, expertise, service, care for others, creativity. Look at all these spiritual qualities that come through in all these material things that we create. So it's a different way of looking at the material and the spiritual. I want to I want to pull that piece out a little bit more because um I think that a lot of people because of the it's worthless, I'm worthless, I I I don't have value and a lot of people when they see people that are successful, right, that have created the the you know, the apple or the yeah. apple technology and blah blah or whatever, I think most people go, "Oh, I can't do that." That's you know, I am not yeah. good enough or smart yeah. enough or yeah. creative enough. And, and so how, how do you address that in your book? You know, it's interesting. What I've discovered through my research is that the underlying quality of all spiritual experiences is a sense of expansiveness. Yeah. And we experience it through different ways. And in the book, I go into exp- um, expansive s- sensations and expansive thoughts and expansive emotions. So people can begin to identify what I mean about it. But it's this overall sense of expansiveness, spiritual teachers, mm-hmm. luminaries, sages, they all have, look, there's a beautiful, um, whatever it's called, bird that just came out here. Oh. In front of my eyes, it just kind of came like this. I can't think of its name right now. These small little birds. Um, and so they all reside in this expansive state. Mm-hmm. And two things happen when you're in this state. First of all, you become aware of information that was not available for you a second ago when you were in a more constricted state, in a yes. fearful state or a logical, rational state. Yes. So first of all, let me t- tell your audience, we all have access to the same well, to the same source, to the same wisdom. It will always come through our, our unique personality and our vision and our purpose, but we all can tap into the same well as the sages, the saints, the teachers. So that's number one. And the second thing, when we are in an expansive state, we feel loved. We feel we're part of something larger. We feel we can actually experience the interdependence. It's not just a concept, but we actually experience it. And if we're part of something, we see that we're significant. If we're significant, we don't feel that we're worthless. Right. You don't devalue. Yes. If we feel that, wow, what I do affects somebody else, then compassion will affect somebody in one way and rage will affect somebody in another way. So suddenly we see how we... so. It's it's practically impossible to be in an expansive state and at the same time feel awful about ourselves. We might be sad, we might see something, but sadness isn't like a negative. It's just like it's our heart is cracking open because something is 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 painful or hard to see or awakening us. Right. But but 
the, the quickest way to shut down an expansive state is to, to be afraid, to rationalize, to be fearful, to judge. But in this expansive state, we feel confidence. We feel everything is possible. You know, Deepak Chopra calls it the, 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 the plane of pure potentiality, right? The field of it. Mm-hmm. That's what you tap into when you're expansive. And so that connects to what you're asking about. It's like, how do we not feel that we're forsaken and that we're lost? And so, but then it's the practice of how to be expansive, right? But that's right. really the key to feeling confident and joyful and that, you know, there's a reason for me being on this planet in this lifetime, in this body. And, and to, to add or tap on that, Anna, is the, um, in that state of expansiveness, there is that feeling of being connected to everything. Like when we were just speaking, uh, this beautiful bird caught your attention outside your window. And that's, that's how we feel connected. We feel connected to everything, the rocks, the trees, the birds, other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is that seat, that deep seat of inner awareness that yeah. brings more compassion, not yeah. only to ourselves, but to the outer world, which yeah. can certainly use it right now. Yeah. So first of all, I just saw the tail of a cat first on your left shoulder yes. and then by the door. So I just love that, a tail. And the bird, what are those small birds called, the tiniest ones that go really, really fast? Hummingbirds? Hummingbird. It was a hummingbird. It just kind of looked at me. And hummingbird for me is always like, go to the nectar, go to the go to the, or there it is. It's a dog, maybe be not a cat. It's just a yeah, I have a puppy in the room. Okay. But I just, so, love it. so, so yeah. So that for the, me was a message. The bird yes. came and said, look at my beauty, go to the nectar of it. So we're at the, the nectar sweetness. of it right now. Yes. The sweetness, <laughs> the juiciness. Um, and so one of the things that you talk about is this, um, duality that we all, uh, unconsciously participate in between the division between the spiritual and the material. And like you said earlier, the, the sages, the ancient wisdom gurus, if you will, of the past, uh, in order to find, like Buddha, uh, as he was developing his own spiritual connection that he then taught for many, many years when he attained nirvana, but there was a place of giving up all the material world in his life because of having been raised uh, to be a future king. But in today's world, it feels to me, and I want you to speak more to this, that we are all spiritual beings having a human existence in a material world. And to cut off the other, it's almost like cutting off half of your body to say, okay, and I'm not, I'm not going to be material. There's like a, to me, so Anna, I think that this is that the idea that you have to be in poverty and poor and and uh, not feel comfortable in in your own home, right? Because you yeah. don't, you can't afford a bed or you can't afford whatever, um, is a very ancient paradigm, probably five thousand years old, that no longer is what is keeping everybody in the slums. I think. Yeah. You know, I think if we go back to the Buddha, you know, he, he, on his journey, when he came out of the walls of the kind of palace where he grew up and decided to go through austere suffering, that didn't bring him enlightenment either, right? It's only he sat under 
the Bodhi tree, which is nature, so we united with nature, which is one thing that we need to do in our ecological crisis. Yes. And then enlightenment came through compassion. These two women, right, who offered him a bowl of rice pudding, right? Yes. And so think, so they created, they put their love into the rice pudding. Somebody had to grow the rice. Somebody had to tend to the rice. The nature had to water the rice. The earth had to give nutrients to it. So here we have a material experience of creating rice. And then we have someone who with love is creating it, putting their love. I mean, we all have this is saying about someone in our family that they cook with love. Like, yes. what does that mean? It means that we sense that there's love and caring in the cooking. And that's the extra ingredients. We do the same recipe. We don't come up with the same result. And so here he had that experience. So actually, compassion and receiving something material, but that's done with intention, with love, uh, with appreciation, and being part of nature, that's what created, those are the conditions mm-hmm. for enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So it fits perfectly into what I'm talking about. And, you know, as I've begun to read more spiritual teachers, because when I was writing my book, I really wanted to not learn about anybody. Right. Because I yes. didn't want to, to, to be influenced. And I wanted to say, look, I've done it. Anyone can do it. I'm an ordinary person. I can do it. You can do it too. Um, but, you know, as I read more and more, all the big teachers talk about that you need to bring it into your everyday life. It's not something just to do on a retreat, right? Right. And, but nobody and speaks well, of, Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it's not something you do on a retreat, and it's not something you don't need to t- climb to the top of a mountain and live there forever, just right. oming your way into right. bliss. Because, because we're all uh, energetically connected, humanity is connected to each and every person. It doesn't matter what side of the planet. Yeah. Um, because of that, it's very important to be uh, aware of um, how you exist in this material world. And yeah. what you just spoke about, about uh, the rice, cooking the rice with love and compassion, we can do that in our everyday life, right? I mean, we do it. I mean, think of a, of a mom or a dad who wake up at 6.30 and make sandwiches or something for their kids with their favorite things so that when they're in school, they have a sandwich that they love or the food they love. I mean, think about the love, the altruism, the service, the care, four words which we consider to be spiritual. They're all happening in this small act that nobody knows of except for the parent and the child who opens and feels the love because when they consume it, they go, oh, it's, it's what I love. Right, it's my they, favorite. So, so through the sandwich, which is a material thing, uh-huh. l- love showed up right. in the middle of school. Right. So, so, so this is how they come together, you know? Yes, it's so funny you brought up making lunches because when my son was in elementary school, I would write him, I, before he could read, I would draw him little happy pictures, you know, with yeah. little hearts so he would know in the middle of his day that his mom loved him, you know? And then it became little mini affirmations, have a great day. I love you. You know, whatever. And I, I just opened up a box. I kept almost all of those wow. little silly affirmations so that he could see and remember, you know, for his children. Yeah. But anyway, so, so in, in your book, living a spiritual life in a material world, world, you said there's four keys to fulfillment yeah. and balance. So let's yeah. talk about those. You, you did start a little bit 
Right. So, so, so first of all, the four keys are really how you can unite the two, the spiritual and the material, because um, we are each a point of consciousness on this planet. We're each a point of consciousness in the universe. Mm-hmm. But let's make it more real here. We're a point of consciousness on this planet. And as such, we are a portal. As a human species, we can travel from the spiritual to the material to create, to manifest, imagine, to realize, right? So yes. we are that portal. So we need a system of how we can travel back and forth and unite the two. And so the four keys kind of serve that. And I'll, I'll say they're universal principles that I observed in myself, in people I worked with. And so they serve to make spiritual experiences accessible identify them when they come spontaneously and create them on demand and see how they're both spiritual and material. So you don't have this like woo woo, not knowing how to right. go, how to go about it. Which a lot of people think that, you know, if you bring up spirituality, they think it's a woo woo thing. Right. Um, if they haven't explored their inner well, like you talked about that inner yeah. depth of who they are. So, yeah. so the first key is it, it is about, um, sacred awareness. So can you speak a little bit? Yes. So, so I did mention it before, and that's expansive presence. That's the first key. Yes. Um, and it's really, I realize that, you know, all spiritual experiences have this expansive sense to them and, and all other qualities fall in within that when we are in this expansive state, the interdependence, the compassion, the altruism, the care, the joy, um, and so there are simple ways, and in the book I go into them, but, you know, our breath, but really in simple ways. How can we expand our perspective on any given situation using our breath or practice of gratitude or um, the power of words or of images or mm-hmm. self-expression? There are different ways, very simple that you can do driving down the highway or lunch at the park or, you know, me talking to you and suddenly seeing a burden for a second. If I hadn't shared it, I'd still, okay, there was a message. I got it. I felt an expansion. I felt part of something. You know, this beautiful bird suddenly showed up. So expansive presence is how we enter a more enlightened version of ourselves, mm-hmm. a more expansive, larger version of ourselves. Well, so you also, so in, in that particular chapter, these, you guys, this book is so precious because there's really lots of bite-sized pieces, the way you wrote it on it, so that you can read just like a page and get, get good information to practice. But you talk about the expansive sensations. And I don't know that we operate so much in our heads with our to-do list. How, so explain to people what expansive sensations is. So sensations is what you sense subjectively in your body. In your body. Yeah, it can be heat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, rising of energy if you're excited or angry, um, relaxation, letting go, different sensations, different right. sensations in our body. And yeah, I, pe- people, there are people who know through their body and learn through their body, like myself. And many, many people don't. We're very visual. We're in our heads as a culture. So sensations of um, expansiveness will show up, for example, it, it, it often happens. Uh, when you're in nature, and nature is very expansive. So if we're in an expansive yeah. place in nature, suddenly you feel that you're part of something larger. It's not just me and the contours of my skin. Suddenly mm-hmm. I feel like 
wow, there's a love suddenly that shows up and suddenly I feel like I'm, I, it, my chest is kind of larger mm-hmm. or I'm grounded in the earth. These are experiences of expansive sensations. So let's talk about expansive emotions too, because I think this is clarifying for people yeah. because a lot of people think emotions are um, like the anger. You know, I, I, you mentioned in your book, you grew up with a father who was kind of a rageaholic. I, yeah. I did too. My dad, my dad, who's still alive, he, he goes from zero to 90 and he can't stop himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that to me growing up, I thought, oh, those are, those are feelings, you know, those yeah. are emotions. Yeah. And it, it took me a long time to recognize where, within my body and yeah. my heart, mm. the, the, the feeling tone of the ones that are about self-love yeah. and compassion. It's, it's hard when, when you've had an experience like that, mm-hmm. like someone who kind of rages, you know, and you kind of, you do this and then you kind of live like this, right? right. You're, you're contracted all the time. Right. You have to close your heart down to protect yourself. We're both, both of our shoulders are going up. Right, yes. talking about this. But yeah, you go into a protection mode out of fear that, you know, and, and when you, this happens to small children, then you also develop this intuitive, heightened intuitive awareness of, okay, who's in the room and who's going to react that way yeah. that I need to protect myself or, or circumvent yeah. it before it happens. Right. Yeah. It just becomes yeah. A, yeah. A, a practice. Yeah. So yeah. in, in, expansive emotions. I'm a little nervous. I might have to go into my places where I hid my own personal rage. Do you have to do that? Well, expansive emotions are, I I try to make it very practical. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that people have, okay, step one, step two, step three, I have something to start practicing with. There's obviously so many layers to it, but expansive emotions are emotions that, um, where you emanate love okay, and are life-affirming, okay? Oh, now, I love is a big word because love is like, okay, so love is only if it's the romantic love or parental love. But I give this example in the book. If you're in a creative space with a team and we all say we were in the zone, that's an expression of love too because we're allowing the energy, the creativity, intuition, wisdom to come through. And that's an expression of love. I give another example. Oxygen is an expression of love. I mean, oh, think of the I universe, how creative the universe has been, yes. how creative it has been to create the planet and the oxygen. So when we breathe in, we can go, thank you for the love. I feel the love. It shows up in this creative way of molecules, but it's love. And when I exhale, this the CO2 goes into the plant kingdom. Mm. Isn't that an exchange of love and of care, mm-hmm. of survival? It's life-affirming for us humans, and it's life-affirming for the plant kingdom. So this is, when I say love, it's not just love. It's love in the larger sense. There's so many ways in which we express love. When you live your purpose, you allow yourself to be your full potential. That's an expression of love. It's life-affirming. So there are many different ways, you know, when you make sandwiches, that's love. So there are many different ways to, so, so, and then if you have negative emotions, which we all have, right, they need a place too. And many times negative emotions are just, they're an absence of a positive one, right? So I give the example in the book, if you've experienced envy, which is like, we shouldn't have envy. 
and envy. We feel bad about it. Well, if you change it, so it's the absence of what? It's the absence of longing. So if you re- reframe envy as longing, uh-huh. suddenly, suddenly you don't have to feel bad. Right. Suddenly, I, I long for this. If I see something in you that I want to have, something has awakened in me that wants to exist. That's a gift from you. Oh my goodness. You're not aware of it, right? Yes. And so suddenly this longing has awakened that either I was never aware of or I've been aware of and I'm stifling it down all, all the time. I'm denying it. And you have awakened it and we call it envy, but it's actually a longing. And thank you for awakening this in me. And now I can see what do I long for? Now, let's say that someone has lots of money. And I can't have lots of money like this. So I'm still envious. But wait a second. What does the money give the person? Okay, so here we are in the spiritual material. Money is material. But what it stands for is spiritual. So we always have to look spiritual material. That's the expansive perspective, right? Right, right. So so money gives you freedom. Yes. Oh, freedom? Well, I have access to that. I might not have access to millions of dollars, but freedom I can access. How can I have freedom? Um, Maybe it allows you to do good in the world. Well, I can do good in the world even if I don't have that person's millions. So, or if I want the money to do good and the money to take my family on vacation, maybe I will look for a different job or promotion or whatever it is, but look at it as an opportunity and a longing rather than an envy. I'm so glad you brought this up. I just had a, a, a conversation with uh, some dear friends yesterday, and I had just come from a, a conference about building your business as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of I was sharing these new ideas that were percolating in my brain of how I could build my business. Mm-hmm. And my one friend who is uh, very much living in a poverty consciousness. She's also an op- entrepreneur yeah. to build her business. But when I talked about the amount of money that some of these people at this conference were earning, you know, in the millions, yeah. she shut down. She's yeah. like, well, what are, and there was judgment and criticism. And I just sat yeah. back and observed it going, yeah. wow, because what it reflected to me is the, is, uh, the possible fear of if I have all that money, Am I going to still be a good person? Am I still going to do right. good things in the world? Right. And, yes. He has a belief that money corrupts. Right. And there's also, there's the pain that I'm forsaken and I'm yeah. not going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be one of those. There's just a lot of pain there. That's un, unconscious. It's right. unaware yes. of that. Yeah. And so in a sense to say, look, I, I see, I, I, I felt there was, there was, Fear that if you had the money, maybe you wouldn't do good. Mm-hmm. And that's so, and that's a, a good thing. So it's good that you have that because you can be money and conscious. You can have money and be conscious or have money and not be. Right. And so if you had money, you, you would be conscious. Yes. And then it, it felt like there was a lot of pain, like you're forsaken, like it's not going to happen to you. You're going to miss the boat. You're not going to be able to do everything that you, you want to do. So, so there's a conversation there, right? Reframing it and, so, and suddenly the pain can come out and the fear can come out. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. And, and it was, there was a, it, there was a, um, 
the criticism was so strong. Yeah. And she knows me. She's, she's one of my closest friends for like the last 15, 20 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just fascinating to observe. Yeah. So this expansive emotions and then what you just talked about, about not seeing it as a negative, but seeing what else is underneath there that wants to be revealed to us right. so that then we have another, another guidepost, if you will, right. on your journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it's not okay to be in a session or to be in a room and just scream for yourself and say, I'm so envious. I'm angry at the world. It's not about always being just positive. God forbid, it's not that because life has all of these things. It has sadness and it has anger and and it balances our emotions and our beings, right? Yes. Um, But if you could have an expansive perspective on a negative emotion, then you could see the silver lining. Then you can see what the lesson is. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have a choice. Expansiveness allows you to have a choice. You can still go and be... Raging, or you can see what the pain underneath is. Well, it, sounds like love also, underneath. it sounds like what you're talking about too, Anna, is in this expansiveness, you have opportunity to realign your spiritual system, if you will, that, that, that is very deep and very large yeah. with your state of living in the physical body and how you live your life with having those choices in yeah. that expansion. Yeah. So um, the other couple of um, keys that you talk about, one is um, finding the inner, inner wisdom, which is yeah. kind of what you find when you're in, yeah. when you move consciously into expansion. Right. I'll, 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 I'll just say that, that the final thing in expansive are expansive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And expansive thoughts is you suddenly have a larger set of possibilities for any problem or anything that you're focusing on. Suddenly, in, rather than seeing the GPS with just where you're going next, you oh, see yeah. like a map, a paper map. And suddenly yeah. you see the entire city. But you see it in an intuitive way. It's not a logical way. And so the second key is attentive listening because when you expand your consciousness, as I said, you become aware of information that shows up in a totality, like a oh, whole. I love that. Right? It's like, like a flash, flash, yeah. Yeah. flash of lightning, right? It's like suddenly, oh, why didn't I think of that before? Well, obviously, like this is it. You see the whole picture. That's yeah. what happens when you expand. And one of the qualities of attentive listening is not working hard to say, is this intuitive or is this logical? It's relaxing. So you just expand and then relaxing into an attentive listening mode and the wisdom is just going to show up for you. Oh my gosh. And that, okay, going back to feeling sensations in your body, that feels so much better than trying to figure it out. You know, so many of us are beating our head against the wall, trying to figure out what our next step is or should we be in this relationship or, or whatever. And, and what you just said of relaxing into it, then truth is revealed. Then your next step is revealed. Yeah. So the, the book is called living a spiritual life in a material world, the four keys to fulfillment and balance. I've been talking to Anna Gaman and where can they get the book? So Anna Gatman, it's okay. I I just wanted to kind of say it right. The book is on Amazon. The book is on in Barnes and Noble. 
um, that you can ask your local bookstore and they will order it for you. Um, yeah, and, 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 and there are two more keys, and if you get the book, then you can... You'll find out. You'll find out. That's the teaser. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, do you have a website if people want to look more into your expansive community and, and learn Yes, more? so I have, a, I have a website, which is anagatman.com, A-N-N-A-G-A-T-M-O-N.com, and that's my website. And then I have the expansive community, which is really about in community practicing this expansive state. And Yay. integrating it to different areas of our life, to our calling and our purpose, and to our meditation practice, and to our relationships. And so that is expansive.community. That will expansive take you there. Expansive.community. Community. That will take you there. I love it. The, it this, this is, a, like I said earlier, um, a really great guide for anybody that's kind of beginning your journey or even in the middle of it going, okay, now I'm lost. Wait, what do I got to do? And you need, you need to like re, uh, remember, re remember yeah. Yeah. how to live a spiritual life in this material world. And, and, and it feel this book is really also the energy that as I was reading it, I was really feeling like I was moving out of duality thinking mm. and yeah. living into a, a congruency yeah of oneness within myself. And I think that many people will do get that when they're, when they're yeah. reading the book, living the book, practicing the book, because yeah. it's all about practicing people, yeah. all about practicing. So Anna, thank you so much for joining me today with all, all that has ha transpired. You are a gift. You are an absolute gift. And it was an honor and a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. Thank you. I enjoyed talking with you and exploring these ideas that are really important for, for the survival and the thriving of our planet, right? The thriving of our planet. Because if we thrive people individually, if we thrive from a place of love and compassion, then it just multiplies all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you Thanks. so much. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our chat for today. Thanks for joining me. And if you want to learn more, go to susanburrell.com. You can contact me through the website. There's blogs for you to read. There are videos to watch. And remember, I am an intuitive healer and spiritual guide at the crossroads of life. And I would be more than honored to help you on your journey to live an empowered life. And so it is. Namaste. Namaste.